And today we're starting a new series. The series is called Made for More. Made for More. Anybody here know that you're made for more? Anybody ready for the more that God's got for you? Amen. Amen. Well, I sure am. We're going to be taking the scripture out of a, we're going to be focusing on some scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. So if you want to um, look there, we'll be looking at verse 1 today uh, just a little bit. Obviously, today we're focusing on fathers, but before we get to the fathers, I'm going to take a few minutes and just um, kind of really set up the entire series. So this series will run for a number of weeks, and then, um, but, but there's some things I want us to get in our hearts and get in our minds as we, as we focus on, as we go through this entire series, okay? Because I, I really do believe that God is um, not just moving us to a new building, but He's moving us into a new season, and I think a number of people have expressed how they sense that personally, individually, as families, and the same thing as a church. So whether we're talking about fathers or, or we're talking about our finances, whether we're talking about, uh, about money or marriages or evangelism or outreach or any of the things that we touch on over the next few weeks during this series, I want us to be sure that we also make the correlation that we're not just talking about something for us individually, we're also talking about something for us corporately, something for, for the church. And so I really do believe that this word made for more is a word in due season. It's a right now word for, for many of us, for, for many people here. But I know that it's a word for New Covenant Church. I know that this is a time when, when God wants to begin to uh, just increase and He wants to bring us into to new things, to new places, to, to new experience, to new depths in Him. And so, so I'm, excited about, I'm excited about this word. I'm excited about what, um, the more that He has for us. Of course, more also means um, that there's going to be some change, Right? And um, any time that you've got change that takes place, any time you're going to change, there's, um, there's, this, there's this little sense of, um, of, of, well, what does change mean? What's it, what's it going to, what's it gonna, how's it going to feel? What's it going to be like? And we always want to know what something's going to be like before we get there. And how many people know that's kind of hard to do, Right. Anybody ever wanted to guarantee you want to, I want to know everything about it. I want to know what the experience is going to be like, feel like, taste like, and all that. But until we get there, we won't know. And so sometimes we start dealing with feelings. We start dealing with emotions. We start having these um, dynamics that take place where the, um, we all of a sudden, instead of anticipating or being expectant about the things to come, we start of all of a sudden, we really get reminiscent or we get, um, we get tied to the old things and the old way. And I, I don't know about you, but um, anybody here, maybe you've gone to buy a new car and all of a sudden as you're, you buy, you're going out there looking at the new car, your old car, man, I just love my old car and I love how it pulls to the left and drives off the road and I, and I love those rattles and I love those noises and all these things that for maybe sometimes like I can't stand it. Now we're thinking about change, and there's these feelings, there's these, uh, these dynamics, there's a sense of, of sentiment that takes place. And, 
And I know that <laughs> I've expressed that even here, that can happen. It can happen with a building. It can happen as we move, as we trans, uh, you know, as, as we go through this process of moving out of this building and into a new place that, that all of a sudden there's these emotions. And I've heard people say, well, we grew up in this youth room and, and we... And we just love this, the, our children's area. And we're going to miss seeing all the wonderful things that they're here at this building. And I, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm that way. I, being able to, to just have it rain and automatically baptize people. I mean, that, that's just something that's going to be so hard to miss. It's going to be, it's gonna be uh, you know, have people come in and they bring umbrellas, not because it's raining, just because of the ceiling. We don't want the ceiling to fall on them or to have holes and all kinds of stuff. But... So I'm asking the Lord, and I want to encourage us all to just begin to prepare our hearts, not, not to forget the past, not, to, not, not to, to take lightly the past, not to put the past down, and, and not to not be thankful for everything that God has blessed us with here. But also, at the very same time, we want to stir up a sense of anticipation about all the good things that God has in store. Amen? Do you believe that? Okay? So we want to try to get, we want to try to, get, uh, want to, try to, to look forward to everything that has, God has in store for us. And I'm telling you, I know that this church is made for more. I know that New Covenant Church, I don't know about you, but I, I sense that there's still more, another place, another level when it comes to worship, when it comes to being a people that worship God with all of their heart and with all of their mind and with all of their being, that God's got a, another level for us to reach. And, and I'm ready to go on for the more with the Lord. Anybody else want to go there? I believe that. I believe it with all of my heart. I believe that we're going to be a, a people that more than ever, we're going to be able to bring honor to God and, and how we live and how we worship and how we serve. And we're going to be able to glorify him with every action and with every attitude in our lives. All that we are is going to be more, more pleasing, more, more honoring to the Lord. Is anybody looking forward to that time? I really do. I believe that's the season we're moving into. I believe we're moving into a season. I believe that, that we're going to see more souls saved than ever before. Amen. I said, we're going to see more souls saved yes. than ever before. Amen. We're getting there. We're going to see more souls saved than ever before. Yes. Amen. Yes. And that's what the heart of God is all about, isn't it? Anybody here thankful to be saved? Anybody here thankful to have their sin? Some of you need to be a lot more thankful than that, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, some of you should be standing on your chair and going, it's me, 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 right? God has saved us. He's forgiven us. And man, we want to share that. We want to share that for, with so many more people. I believe that, that there's just things that we've only scratched the surface on that God really wants to do. You know, through the years, there have been some prophetic words that, that people have given us. We've been, <clears throat> we've been at different places and and I can remember people just coming up and all of a sudden speaking words to us about, about different things. A, a couple of those, one, um, one of the things that we've heard often is, is that we're going to be part of, uh, of uncapping the wells that, uh, you know, East Texas is known for its oil wells. And Corey and I, a few years ago, were up in, in um, Memphis and uh, at this conference and out of the blue, this guy came up and he said, you're from East Texas, right? And yeah, and he said, you're, I just believe God's going to use you all to, to be a part of uncapping wells. And, and, I, and I believe that. I really believe that God wants to use us to, to, to uncap like, like oil wells. And, and in the scripture, oil, oil always correlates with the Holy Spirit. 
I believe that in the world in which we live, we're going to have to be more people of the Spirit than we've ever been. I believe we're going to have to be people like the song that we sang. We're going to have to be people who, who are, are more aware, more sensitive of the presence of God, who, people who walk and live and have their being in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Does anybody believe that today? I really sense that, that as, as, we, as we eat of the Word, that God's going to make that Word alive by His Spirit so that we'll be more fully Spirit-led and fully and filled with the Spirit than we've ever been before in our lives. Another well that comes to mind when I think of the wells that God has spoken of over this body is, is a well of water. And I'll, I'll tell you about it later, but this really does correlate with the new property. And in and, and the wells of water, water in Scripture, it always has to do with life. It just has to do with that life. Do you remember in, when Jesus is standing in the temple and he says, hey, listen, out of your bellies is going to flow rivers of what kind of water? Living water. God wants life to be in us and to be flowing through us. That's part of his purpose. And, and I believe that as the life of God flows in us and it flows through us, that it's going to invade every area of our lives. I, I believe the life of God Young people, listen to me. When you go to Costa Rica, you're not just going on a missions trip. <clears throat> you are carrying an impartation of life that's going to impact that entire nation. You're, you're carrying a, the presence of the Lord that's going to that's impact campuses. It's going to impact, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to, brothers and sisters, it's going to impact where we live. It's going to impact our neighborhood because of the life-giving flow of God, the love and the, the peace and the joy, all the things that God is in us. It's going to flow. It's going to flow into our homes, into our neighborhoods. And one of the specific things that I believed is I believe that the Lord spoke to me during this time of preparation for this message was that God wants it to, he wants it to flow in our businesses. Anybody here work for a living? Rest of you are just independently wealthy. Is that right? <clears throat> we need to talk. Okay. We need to have a meeting right after church. All right. I need to see you and your checkbook. Okay. So... <laughs> But man, no, I believe that, that where we work and, and, and where we do business and business owners, I believe God wants to bring us to a greater place of prosperity. I, I really believe this. And, I, and this is, I'm not talking about just some name it, claim it, prosperity gospel. I'm saying that because of your faithfulness and because of your obedience and because of your diligence, God wants to bless your hands and he wants to put more in your hands, not necessarily so we can live better, but so that we can give better. Amen? So, so we can give into the work of the harvest, into the work of the kingdom, so that we can see more and more and more souls saved. So the final well, and I'll just, um, just mention this, and we'll talk about it a little more in the weeks to come, but I really do believe that God wants to use us to be a part of unleashing a wealth source of revival. A revival. Anybody think our world needs revival? Anybody think that our community needs revival? Anybody here need revival? Man, just some stirring and some strengthening and some empowering in our lives. I'm telling you, I believe that God wants to do that. I believe that that's part of the made for, of what we were made for more. I believe it's part of our destiny. I believe that it's how we're going to be an influence, that, that there's a revival that stirs in our lives that's going to impact Tyler and it's going to impact East Texas and it's going to impact the metroplex, and it's going to impact to the east, and to the west, and to the north, and to the south. 
I believe it's a revival that's going to impact generations and it's going to impact nations. Can I get anybody to agree with me on that this morning? Is there anybody who says, I want to be part of that. I want to be connected to that. If that's what God has, then I want it. I want to be ready. I want to fulfill the made for more that God has for me. Anybody? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him a hand for that this morning. (laughs) I believe it. I believe it with all of my heart, folks. And, And so I'm excited for all of the things that God has in store. And I'm very, very thankful, extremely thankful for all that's taken place. I mean, God has done amazing things. And this is a little aside here. I've been, Chris and I've been talking about this. We've been thinking about, suppose that in just 12 weeks, we were going to launch a new church. We we were going to plant a new church. I mean, you know, 14 years ago, it was a little different. But could you, could you imagine having a couple of hundred people that were ready to take, to take this world for Jesus Christ? Could you imagine what it would be like to launch a church that already had an incredible worship team like our worship team here? I said an incredible worship team like our worship team, an incredible, amazing worship team like our worship. How about, uh, how about a, a launching a church that had, had a phenomenal children's ministry like we've got? Man, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that, could you imagine day one opening the doors and having that kind of ministry or a youth ministry or, or tech team or, or how about a dream team? We got the best dream team in the world, don't we? Amen. Wouldn't that be amazing? Can you imagine what would happen? I'm telling you what would happen. We would take the world by storm. We would expand the kingdom of God. We'd make famous the name of Jesus. And that's what we're going to do. Amen. Amen? You ready to be part of it? I certainly am. And so, uh, so thank you. I know that one thing, I, I thank you for all of your faithfulness. Thank you for your amazing generosity through the years. And thank you for being who you are. I know one thing we don't ever want to do, we'll never do. I know this church. I know we'll never become complacent. I know we don't want to be just another church on another corner or, or hidden back in the woods, wherever we're going to be, right? We want to be a people. We want to be a people that's dedicated to the Lord, committed to the Lord to fulfill His purposes by His Spirit and for His glory. Is that who we are? Is that who we are? Is that what we desire? So, so thank you for that. Thank you. And, um, and, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited. So be praying. And, and, and let me say, this doesn't just go for, for the church this goes for dads. And so reach over to a dad this morning, give him a high five and say, dads, we love you this morning. Love you, baby. So we're going to have to teach Miss Yvette and Miss Dorothy not to be talking so much to the people up here on the stage, right? (laughs) Dads, fathers, grandparents, I believe that God has more for you. I don't think you've seen the best of things. I think there's, there's more to come. There's better to come. And so, Dad, I'm, I'm going to take this time today, and um, we want to commend you. We want, we want to pat you on the back. We want to applaud you. We want to say thank you. Now, if you're a guest here today, first of all, thank you for being here. I want to say we really do appreciate you being here. And uh, we're just going to lump you in. We're going to consider you to be one of our NCC dads here today, okay? And so uh, just uh, when I'm speaking about NCC dads, know that I'm talking about you as well. I sincerely believe, excuse me, I sincerely believe that here at New Covenant Church, we have the best dads in the whole world. Woo, come on, give them a hand this morning, amen? 
I've been uh, many places. The Lord's been so faithful to allow us to go many places in our life. We've been in different continents and countries. I've um, uh, been around men and fathers, obviously, all of my life. And we've uh, served in different churches and different capacities and been in lots of different communities. And guys, I, I mean this. I'm, I'm, I want to look you in the eye this morning and tell you this this morning. Guys, you excel. You, you are the cream of the crop. You, you, I mean, no, I'm not saying perfect, but guys, I appreciate. I appreciate who you are. And so this morning, I want to, um, I want to take a few minutes and let you know some of the things that I, that I appreciate about you and the, the impact that you're making on, on people's lives and on, um, on generations to come. So, so number one, you ready? Got your notepads there this morning? <clears throat> Got your iPhones, your iPads, whatever you're taking notes on. I want, you, I want you to write this down. I want you to be able to remember this. So if you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, write it down. Okay. <laughs> so number one, although you did not get it, you've made the decision you're going to give it. Although you didn't get it, you've decided that you're going to get it. You're going to give it. Many of you, I know, have made the realization that, that what you got, what you should have gotten, what you should have received from your father, maybe you didn't get it. But you've also made a decision that says, just because I didn't get what I should have got, doesn't mean that I can't give the right thing going forward. And I, I, I do, I appreciate that. You know, the Bible paints a picture, and when the Bible paints a picture, it paints a picture that, that the way things should work would be should, from generation to generation. There should, be, there should be this beautiful baton. There should be this beautiful heritage, this baton that's passed on like a runner that runs a race and somebody else comes up and, you know, you pass it on and, and they get it and, and, and they get to take that baton and they get to go forward and, and you watch them run and, and they, they break through the tape and, and we celebrate victory together. That, that's the kind of picture that the Bible points out, paints from, from the beginning of the Bible, from Genesis all the way through maps. I mean, that's, that's what it points out. It really does. That that's, that's the plan that God, that God has for us. And, and some of you, I'm telling you, I'm amazed. Some of you have had some incredible stories. I love getting to sit around and hear some of the stories about how that, that your dad taught you to hunt or to fish and your dad taught you how to work on mechanical things or, or your dad taught you how to be a man of, of character, taught you how to be someone who's courteous and polite, taught you how to, to say yes sir and yes ma'am and no sir and no ma'am and taught you how to hold the door for somebody. And I told you about that the other week. I thought I was going to hit somebody with a baton. Man, I watch these guys go through a door and let the door slam right in front of this lady. And uh, that's not right. That's, uh, they need a good encouragement graciously from the Lord. That's, that's what was in my heart. I mean, it was there. It was just like, right. Um, but but it, it amazes me, guys, that, that you have received from your fathers these good things, these good upbringings, these, these good moral standards. And, and, and it's so thrilling to watch you pass them on. It's, it's thr so thrilling to watch you encourage your sons and your daughters to be the people that God's in God's intended for them to be. And so, so guys, I really do. I'm sincerely, for those of you that have received good things, I, I, I commend you. I, I pat you on the back. We give you an applause. Say, thank you for continuing the heritage, the godly heritage. But you know what? Not everybody, not everybody got a good, beautiful baton. Some of us, 
through the years to have got a baton that maybe it wasn't so positive. Maybe it was a, a baton that, that was battered and bruised and maybe it, it was scarred. Maybe it had been discarded. And, and this baton really, it really isn't something that you'd ever want to pass on. And, and you've made a decision in your heart that says, no, I'm not going to pass on something that's, that's, that's been abused and something that's been hurt and something that's been, it's been defiled. I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to pass on something positive. There's dads, there's people here, there's some of you here that have, were never nurtured, you were never encouraged, you, you never had somebody say that they believed in you. You were never told that you were loved. I've been very open through the years and you guys have heard me tell the story many times about how that I cannot personally remember a time when my dad ever looked me in the eyes and said, son, I love you. Uh, it was even more compounded right near his death when he looked at everybody else in the family. <laughs> you know, it became humorous. Uh, Taylor, I love you. Bradley, I love you. Yvette, I love you. The dogs, I love you. And, and I'd say, Dad, I love you. Okay. I was like, <laughs> all right, what's this all about? And it makes it, 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 it was a bend. It was a, it was a hurt. It was a wound in my heart. And some of you have shared that same story. And, and because of that, I can tell you that one of the things that to my family's embarrassment through the years is I've made sure that not very much time goes by when I don't say to the most wonderful woman in the world that I love you. And on phone calls, and, and it's great to be able to, to see my kids and to, out in public and, and at workplaces and have them come and, 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 and before we hang up the phone say, I love you, I love you, Dad. I know I go overboard about it, and I'm going to keep going overboard about it. And I'm going to say it to my, my children's children and to my great-grandchildren. Amen? Yeah. And some of you are doing the same thing. Some of you say, just because I haven't, didn't receive what I should have received doesn't mean that I'm going to stop. I'm going to give, I'm going to give something. I'm, not, I'm going to give what I can give. I, am, I know that maybe some of you received a baton that had been bruised and beaten and, and scratched and scarred because maybe your father, there was a divorce that took place and maybe you didn't have a father to show you how to really love uh, your wife and to love your children's mother. There were some of you that, that, that just didn't have a dad in your life at all and maybe a, a father that left, maybe he, he just abandoned the household or maybe he passed away early and, and I know that's, that's a difficulty. I know that that causes great pain. I know that's, that's hurtful, but I'm so proud of you. And I mean this, guys. I'm so proud of you that you said, no matter what I've received, that's not what I'm passing on. I, I don't have to continue a heritage of, of hurt and pain and neglect and abuse. Instead, I can establish a heritage of righteousness and a heritage of godliness. I can establish a heritage that I can give something beautiful. When I receive pain, I can still give something beautiful. So guys, keep up the good work. I'm proud of you. Don't you think our dads deserve a hand for that this morning? You know, through the years, I've seen, uh, I I've really have, I've seen guys who, who, who have every right to be disillusioned about being men, about being fathers, about being, about being men who, who just check out when it comes to, to, to being dads. Uh, I think of a young man who was a part of our church a few years ago, and, and, his, and in his household, uh, week by week, his parents were, were they, they were all the right things in public. 
They, 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 were, they were Mr. and Mrs. It in church, and they, were, they, they, they played, they, they put on the masks, and, and they played the games. And, but in the house, it was a whole different story. It, it, was, it was vile, and it was disgusting, and, and, and it twisted his heart, and it, and it hurt, and it wounded him. And, and I watched through the years as this young man, he would, he, would, he would chomp at people, and he would bite at people, and he would be sarcastic, and he'd rebel against authority. And, and all of a sudden, something clicked in his heart, and he gets married, and he has a child. And, and from everything that I can tell, he's made a decision that says, no matter what happened in my past, I'm not going to let it define my future. I'm not going to let it impact who I am and who I get to make, help my children be. So guys, I'm telling you, I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you for, for paying the price. I'm proud of you for being diligent, of saying I'm going to live my life intentionally to be everything that God wants me to be. I'm proud of you saying I'm going to live out a real faith in my home and in my car and on my job and at church. I'm going to be the man that God has created me to be. Whether in public times or private times, I'm going to live for the Lord and I'm going to let him define the baton that I pass on. Guys, I want to tell you, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth every sacrifice. It's worth everything that you have to, every, every act of discipline, it's worth it. It's worth it. You're making a lifelong, you're making an eternal impact on men and women that God has put on this earth to make an eternal difference. Guys, keep up the good work. It's worth it. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for living pure lives. I'm proud of you for the times when, when the temptation to look or to, to take a second look, right? I was always told that, that, that lust isn't the first look. It's when you take a second look. So I had a good friend growing up. He said, I never take a second look. I just take a real long first look. Now, don't do that. I'm just telling you that's not the way to do it, all right? I'm proud of you when you say no, when you say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guard my eyes. I'm, when you live purposefully, when you live purely, when you live lives, that the loving lives that demonstrate how much you love your wives, when you, when you show by your example how you're passing, how to live, you're passing on a baton that's going to make a difference. When you show your children how to be an example of godliness, how to live a life that glorifies God. I want to tell you guys, thank you. Thank you for the pictures that you're painting for your children. The pictures when you sit down in the morning and you grab your cup of coffee and you grab your Bible and you're, you're in your chair or you're, you're kneeling on the floor there and you've got your Bible out and, and you're painting a picture for your, for your children to see a picture so they can say, hey, I remember when dad would get his Bible and, and he, would, he would open up that Bible and, and he'd spend time. That wasn't a time to distract him because it was a time when he was meeting with God. And through the years, I've done a lot of funerals. And it's been amazing that, that in those funerals, time after time after time, I'm sure Brother Walker and others know this, it's always interesting when somebody says, they come, look, this is Mama's Bible, or, or this is Daddy's Bible. And they, and they, they always want to open it up. And sometimes it's, it's taped together, like, like my Bible today, or, or sometimes it's got highlight. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's highlighted, and, and it's got little notes written out to the side. If you turn to the back, it's got recipes and a genealogy and all, you know, right? And man, they love Daddy's Bible. They, they, it, it, it's a picture. It speaks to them of who Dad was, and, and it sets a standard for them. And 
And so guys, I'm telling you, thank you. Thank you for setting, for making those types of pictures. Thank you for painting those pictures in the minds of your children and of your family. Thank you for painting the picture when you gather at prayer time of of taking a moment and and gathering around the table and holding hands and praying. Thank you for those times when when you pray for your children and you pray with your children and you kneel by the bedside. Thank you, guys. You're doing it right. You're doing a good job. Keep up the good work. You're painting a picture that will last forever. And someday, sometime, your children are going to be talking to your grandchildren and they're going to say, man, I remember when dad, I remember when dad used to, used to take that Bible out. Or I remember when dad used to come and he'd tuck us in and he'd pray over us and he'd give us a kiss. Or I'd remember that time. I remember when we were, we were sick and dad would pull us close and he'd wrap his arms around us. And sometimes he'd take that old oil and he'd, Put it on our heads. <laughs> Never knew what that meant, right? But he used to pray for us. And time after time, you're painting a picture of your trust in God and who God is and, and who they can be in God. Thank you. Those are beautiful, beautiful pictures. When you're riding down the road in your car and you've uh, got on the Christian music or you've got on teaching or, or you're listening to worship, guys, let me tell you, you know what you're doing? You're, you're, you're setting a standard. You're painting a picture. You're, you're telling your children that, that God's more important than ESPN or Fox News or anything else. Now, I know that's a stretch for some of us here today, right? Okay? But you're, you're painting a picture. You're being intentional. And guys, I'm telling you, thank you. The world needs you to do this. We need more of it. We need more men living this way. So thank you for living this way. Men, look at me. I'm serious about this. Every time you come to church, and, and not just come to church and gripe and complain and yell at the kid, get ready, get in the car, kick the cat. I'm not, you know, all those kind of things, man. Oh, we got to go to church, you know, flipping people off on the road and all that stuff, man. Get out of my way. I got to get to church. Got to get to church. Custom, you know. No, come on, folks. When you come to church, every time you come to church and you get here and you know what, man, and you're excited about being here. Oh, I got to go to church. No, man, you're excited. And you come in and, and you've made a decision before you ever left the house that if I'm going to go, I'm going to give it my all. And I'm going to be a man who worships the Lord with all that is within me. And I'm going to give my best. And you come and with excitement, you greet others and you fellowship and you give handshakes and hugs and high fives and you raise your hands and worship and you say amen. 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 <laughs> we have to work on it, I can tell. But you guys... <laughs> You're, you're painting a picture. You're painting a picture that's going to last for eternity. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, Chris mentioned earlier, when you serve, let me tell you what, you, you think just standing out there and opening that door, people can open the door for themselves, right? Most of us. Some of us need help from time to time. <laughs> but, but when you're opening that door and when you're serving somebody else and and when you're being gracious and kind and when you're greeting and when you're, when you're working, when you're, when you're serving God by serving others, can I tell you what? You're establishing in the lives of your children a picture 
of what's really important in life. So guys, I want to say thank you. Thank you. You're, you're doing the right thing. You're, you're passing the right baton on. You're, you're setting the right example. Amen? So way to go, guys. Keep it up. Keep it up. When you, when you, make, when you go to groups and when you, go to, um, when you come to fellowship times and when you, and when you show up for work days. <laughs> when you show up for work days. <laughs> and there are going to be a bunch of them coming, all right? <laughs> That's really painting an amazing picture. That's the most beautiful picture. No. <laughs> You're painting a picture. You're painting a picture of what you value. And I'm telling you, I believe that God will honor that. Amen? Amen. Amen. And you know, the great thing is, I see this around here all the time. I see it week in and week out. I see it Sunday after Sunday. I see you guys. I I've seen families. I'm telling you, and again, this is not about, I, I just, it blesses me. I've seen families gathered together back at the back around the tithe and offering tables and with their children, pray with their children. You know what that's telling them? That's telling them God is our source. And we put God first in everything, including our dimes and our dollars. Amen? Somebody needs to say amen to that, I'm telling you. Amen? You're teaching them the right things. Thank you guys for doing that. Thank you for doing that. So I, and I appreciate that. We also, guys, I think one of the things that we, um, that we know and what we've just talked about there is that, um, dads, you realize that actions speak louder than words, don't you? Actions speak louder than words. And so let your actions speak loud. Remember, values are more caught than taught. Values are more caught than taught. So, guys, I'm proud of you for, for letting your life speak speak louder than the lectures that we give. Anybody ever find out that sometimes the lectures we give, we try to, we try to give those lectures to make up for what we lack in our own lives. And, and I'm thankful that I can look over this, this, this congregation today, this group of men and women here today, and I see men who are doing it right. And guys, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, okay? So the second point there was that actions speak louder than words. And third point for today is, I want to say thank you for not being so self-focused and so self-centered, thank you for calling out the best in your children, for, 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 for focusing on your kids and for realizing that children are a gift from the Lord. They're part of the heritage from the hand of God, the scripture tells us. And I'm telling you, the world, culture, uh, even the friends, everybody's trying to, to name our kids for us. Does anybody know that? Do you see that taking place? Do you see this intentional? And sometimes they're called losers and sometimes they're just called, you know, they're, they're not worth anything. And all they do is sit around and play games, you know. And man, you get every time I open my computer, I see these statistics coming out, you know. Oh, they all spend this many hours gaming and this many hours on social media and this many hours on this and this many hours on that. And they can't do this and they don't have common sense. And they, you know, all this kind of thing. They're trying to name who our kids are. But can I tell you this? In the Bible, does anybody say that the Bible takes priority in our lives? The Bible's our authority. It stands over our lives, right? In the Bible, do you know who really, who has the authority for naming children? Fathers. Think about it. Think about it. Fathers are the ones. Adam started it out by naming all of creation, all of the animals, right? We, we see it on through. Anybody remember the scripture in the New Testament? John the Baptist is born. His, his father's a priest, Zacharias, and he's in the temple there. And, and, and all of a sudden, he has this encounter with God that leaves him speechless. 
His 80-some-year-old wife finds out that she's pregnant. That would leave me speechless and breathless and a whole other bunch of things, right? Don't do that, all right? That'd get your attention, wouldn't it, guys? But his wife is going to have a child, and they, they, they're talking about all these different names, and, and the angel of the Lord had spoken to him, and he, and he writes it down, he makes a mark, and he says, no, he names him, his name will be John. He'll be John the Baptist, and he'll be the, Jesus said, no one is greater than him in the kingdom of God, right? That he, there's never been anybody like him before. And so men name their children. There's an, there's an interesting scripture in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 35, Verse 18, in this, uh, this whole story here where, and you can go and read it for yourself, and as this, this mother is giving birth to the child, uh, to, this, to her last child, her 12th child, that, um, that, that she's in deep pain and she's in distress, and the, the midwife comes to her and says, oh, your child is going to be fine. But also by saying she, the child's going to be fine, you know what else she's saying? She's saying, you're going to die. And this mother dies, is in the process of dying. And while she's dying, she's, she's sorrowful in heart. And she, she names that child. She says, as she, and verse 18 says this, it says, As her soul was departing, for she was dying, she called his name Ben-Onai, which means sorrowful. How would you like to, to have a child that every time somebody called out his name, Ben-Onai, sorrowful one, sorrowful one, sorrowful one. Be like, man, loser, you know, loser. But that, that wasn't what his name became. Do you know why? Because a man, a father, stepped in and said, no, 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 no. We're not going to let his name be Ben-Onai. We're going to call him Benjamin. You know, Benjamin means uh, the, the son of my right hand, the son of authority. He says, I'm not going to let something name him that's going to drag him down and bring him to a place of despair and always remind him of some crisis and some bad thing in his life. I'm going to remind him that in my old, that he was the son, that in my old age, he became the, my right hand. He became a son of power. He became a man of destiny. Listen to me, dads. Thank you when you do that. Thank you when you call up and when you call out of your children. You said, hey, listen, doesn't, listen. You're, 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 that's, that's not the way we live. I can remember with, with our children growing up and everybody would want to, from time to time, name the preacher's kids. And I said, listen, you don't have to worry about being a preacher kid, being a preacher's kid, because there's a higher standard. Fishers live different. Amen? How many people know children of God live different? Come on, church. Are we here this morning? And so thank you, men, when you remind your sons and when you remind your daughters, when you remind them that, hey, the world doesn't get to name you, problems don't get to name you, bad experiences from the past don't get to name you, but we name you and we agree with God that your name is blessed and your name is beloved and your name is called and your name is anointed and your name is powerful and your name is world changer. Amen? Your name is blessed. Blessed. That's who we're going to name our children, blessed. Amen? Amen. Anybody agree with that today? Amen. Man, I do. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for that. So today what I want us to do um, is I want us to be people who are very intentional about stepping into everything that God has for us. Guys, I mean this. I mean this. I, I want to see your eyes, all right? Dads, thank you. 
Thank you.